I don't know if I'm, but like with social media management, I've always heard about you're supposed to post on certain days at certain times. And I, I never, I don't know if I, I don't know if that's like, the. it's hard for me to start thinking, okay, what's, what, what is like, what is real in all of some of this and what is just kind of like bullshit process or system that people have fallen into i don't know does that make sense kind of absolutely and i i think it gets to like there are core uh, social media is an abstraction on socializing already and there are core principles for socializing that can be that are have really robust evidence around them but then once you go up that's like a foundational layer once you go up eight layers of abstraction to social media uh, engagement or whatever, mm-hmm. the rules are, they're always changing. Things are always in flux and they're always uncertain. And I mean, like they could change the algorithm one day. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know there's been multiple rounds of like YouTube algorithm changes that have absolutely destroyed some people's channels. And so it's just, it's such an abstracted and controlled uh, kind of type of thing and so contextual that I think principles like that they don't necessarily stick. I mean, so if you were to say consistency, well, that consistency is kind of a core principle. That's actually a core principle of persuasion, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, like consist, it, it would make sense that that principle would ap- apply and be valuable or. Of just effective in social well, yeah, media I mean, as well, but it's just like it, the core principles can go up, mm-hmm. but the principles on the top layer don't necessarily go down. You know, they're they're more uh, just short term, like mm-hmm. more noise. Because yeah, I mean, you're playing by someone else's rules essentially, or you're playing on like someone else's turf all the time. You're putting your content on someone else's property and they can do whatever they want with their property, essentially. Like, saying, like, I guess the YouTube analogy you're saying, or, like, not the analogy, but, like, just the fact that, like, you can have your your content on a social media platform like YouTube and then they can do whatever changes they want to because that's, I mean, they own it. And yeah. so then it's, like, you're almost giving your whole like not existence but your whole like work and everything you've been doing you're just kind of like yeah banking on that nothing is going to change and and just look at the governance model yeah on youtube the governance Mm -hmm. model is they're the fucking king (laughs) they tell like they made this this past year they made like a new rule a new regulation that they would like take down your video if you said anything that disagreed with the CDC, mm-hmm. the CDC, which is an international super organization that was not voted mm-hmm. into power by anyone. Mm-hmm. And YouTube is just arbitrarily like, yeah, if you say something, it goes against CDC guidelines or what the CDC has said about coronavirus or whatever, then mm-hmm. we'll, we'll pull your video down. And so it's like, okay, that's a king. And you know, if you think about that governance model, if you have a really successful channel, well, you're just like a feudal lord that has a big patch of land in a castle on the king, on the king's mm-hmm. bigger piece of land. You know, like 
and you have peasants below you, like, and, and it really is that type of hierarchy. But at the end of the day, like, they can change the rules. They could, you know, change the taxes. They could take your castle and use it. And so you're all you're always below someone who can completely assert their force on you. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, unless you're diversifying, like, across platforms or you're owning your content or owning your audience or your, your distribution or whatever mm-hmm. in some kind of way, which there's an increased ways to do that now, but you know, well then would I have been thinking about this recently though, then the smart plan would then be to try and figure out what can you do in real life that will benefit you in real time hours <laughs> This is so hard to do, I think, but I'm going to see if I can list everything off that I'm trying to put together in my brain. A good plan then would to be find something that you can do that is either entertaining or I guess entertaining. It would keep people enthralled and you're also able to put it like the coverage of you doing this thing that's entertaining, just putting it on multiple platforms. Yeah, basically. That's like the ideal. <clears throat> yeah, you would have to build. Yeah, and and many people are doing this right now. Mm-hmm. You have to build an audience on on multiple platforms, like independently. But it's hard because all the the platforms aren't all the same. Like what you do on YouTube to get a lot of subscribers and a lot of views and interaction is way different than what you would do on, like Instagram or TikTok or mm-hmm. wherever you know you have a platform and so it's way different and so you know people are basically you know it's weird like yeah you can try and master one game you know like master one arbitrary social game that has a king or you can try and you know kind of juggle all of them at the same time and some people are great at this some people are really tuned into social media and really uh good at just like you know tapping into a certain audience and making content that's really sticky that people click on and interact with and have to say something about Mm. and of course that's the model we have it didn't necessarily have to be that way but these certain things got prioritized across time you know like the like button you know and the friend count and the timeline you know the timeline wasn't a thing Mm-hmm. And then the timeline gets introduced and it actually becomes this <laughs> gross laboratory for testing human attention and zeroing in on what what gets to the lowest part of our, you know, primal brain mm-hmm. and keeps us on the platform. And like, it's like, hey, that's the game. It's a game. <laughs> it's the game you want to play. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like it all, it all depends on what you're measuring and, and they're measuring growth or measuring engagement. So mm-hmm. it's like that's your measuring then this is what you end up with yeah uh kind of went on a tangent there no you're good i mean it's like you know that's what the you're playing into that game like that's that really is a core principle it's like you got to realize like the social medias they're here they're winning because they keep they're sticky they keep people on them Mm -hmm. the money comes from ad dollars which comes from attention and this is the game that you're you're gonna go play in this is the the country Mm-hmm. Or whatever the nation, the the world, <laughs> really? yeah, that you're gonna go build a castle <clears throat> of sand out of, like, mm-hmm. and so I, I don't know, I'm. <clears throat> I 
I, when I do think, we? When I think do this we... isn't permanent. I think there are there are other. You don't think so? Coming, coming along. I was gonna say like when do we start? When when does the uh, this this side of the fence start? I don't know. Being more vocal about it. Do you think like? Because I, I, I see a lot of people that, you know, they think all of this also, but they just don't give a shit. Yeah. They just don't, you know, like they're living every day using the very, like, system that you're talking about to their advantage and they know it exists and they just don't care and they just keep doing it. And it's not really like, I'm just like wondering, like, I wonder when if there's ever going to be a time that comes where one side has finally had enough of the other existing, if that makes sense. Yeah, people will be moved by pain or by a more something that's more desirable or more mm. pleasurable. Like that's what I think at the end of the day and like these tools are being built and they exist today. I mean, I'm I'm on a a social media called Mastodon that I use sometimes that mm. is like a federated self-hosted um, social media. And <clears throat> there's different servers. You can join someone else's server or run your own server instance. And these different servers are like digital islands that can interact with each other. And there's no, there's no top, there's no king at the top. Mm. There's no one regulated. You're kind of just taking advantage of a protocol and plugging into a network. And so I'm on one called uh, a server called Bitcoin Hackers that has like eight thousand or ten thousand people on it or something mm -hmm. like that. And you know, for right now, this stuff it's it's like an experiment. It, it's early on, you know. Like you you'll get like 150 followers. There will be interaction. It's kind of like Twitter. Mm -hmm. And and they're similar. There's like a Discord esque, um, self-hosted kind of open source app that's called matrix uh basically there's there's a number of alternatives out there and they're kind of percolating and people are trying to create these things but yeah you're you're kind of tapping into that a lot of people like what i'm talking about with engagement and how you know social medias really have bad incentives because of the engagement model and the ad dollars and all of that mm -hmm. like a lot of people agree with that and feel that but will still like they won't they won't make a move mm -hmm. until they they really have a push or they're just really interested in it. I just happen to be very interested in the subject and that's why you know, I felt the need to make certain changes, but mm -hmm. you know, like nonetheless I'm still on Twitter. I have to have right. a goddamn LinkedIn because yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get my first Dude, LinkedIn job. is the most yeah, stressful slash confusing social media platform i think i've ever had the displeasure to deal with <laughs> i <laughs> i tried to get i tried to log into my account last week because i keep getting emails that my profile keeps being seen and it hasn't been updated since like 2016 or something and so it's got all kinds of shit on there i don't have a profile picture i've got i'm only friends with like people i got like the, the my old job i got furloughed from oh yeah <laughs> so it's like i'm in my existence on linkedin is like a a warehouse worker like that's all that 
is on that profile. And I couldn't figure out how to, I feel like an old fucking man sometimes. And I couldn't figure out how to change any of it. So I gave up. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to be productive. And then I just gave up. Yeah. Thanks to LinkedIn. (laughs) There's something that for me, that's actually been kind of relieving about LinkedIn is that it's so obvious that it's, a performance and that people are way more performative and less vulnerable mm. on LinkedIn. And that even the vulnerability, you see a lot of vulnerability on LinkedIn, but it's like status signaling or social signaling vulnerability, like to try and gain status. So it's really gross and fake. Everything's gross and fake and super obvious, but I don't know. That's made it easier for me. Cause I've, I've just had to, there's so many t- technology recruiters. And like, if you're, like me, you don't have a traditional educational background. You don't have direct connections or networks to really get interviews mm-hmm. for, for software positions. Then you have to use LinkedIn. And it's kind of funny. Like I was just on there for a while, just like watching, watching and just connecting with people and kind of just looking at the lay of the land and how things worked. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay. I know what this is, you know, whatever. Like, I just have to do this. Like, I just have to get these opportunities, whatever. I'm just going to play along. And I just kind of have been putting on a performative version of myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically. Uh, yeah, so and, getting, and getting the most, just getting a lot of <laughs> engagement. Like, I'm getting, like, 150 likes <laughs> on my posts. Maybe I should, maybe I need to... <laughs> I need to do more research on it then and like and it's funny like the the platform and... that I'm the most fake on. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I spent I spent I've t- take out like very little effort mm-hmm. to use it. Mm-hmm. And I like I don't have the app on my phone. I don't have any social media apps on my phone. I just do it in the browser and I don't know. It's funny like I don't really know what that means, but it's like <laughs> I'll take some pointers from you sometime soon then on how to Edit. It's literally yeah, like dude, a tech I'll, I'll thing. I have no fucking idea how to navigate their their website. It's that's all what it's about. I get the concept of LinkedIn and how to use it and all that, and that's honestly hilarious that the uh, you get the most like you get a lot of traction on a website that is basically built to create a corporate shell of yourself, essentially. <laughs> or like yeah. a character like a, a, a just a professional you're just selling a professional version yeah of yourself and yeah. you're <clears throat> yeah and it, i don't know man it's i, I don't want to like it makes me cringe like i don't want to talk about it in too no, much detail I mean, or like show attention to it but it's like hey i'm just trying to get the in with you know people at companies and i mean it's pretty crazy you can connect directly with with recruiters from companies and you can find like you can search on the website and find out like who's the person that hires engineers and you can just like connect directly with them and be like dad please give me a chance please and i don't know sometimes they'll message you back so it's some kind of opportunity when you have absolutely none and almost no connections but yeah it's it's not great um social media but yeah i mean i think can't sadly, live with it can't live without <laughs> it yeah that's that's really where we're at but i i think that sadly it's going to be pain 
that causes a lot of people to change their social media habits Mm -hmm. instead of, I don't, I don't like, I don't think the better, more, uh, open, uncenterable alternatives are going to be so flashy and desirable that people are going to make the switch just because it's more desirable. Like some people are going to do it. People that have audiences or people that see kind of what's coming, um, but, and what's coming is decentralization. What's coming, what, what's coming is that the monopolies monopoly are going to be broken apart. Basically, there's already so many monopolies. Yeah, and they're the biggest of all time. Basically, I mean, like Google, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Simpsons, <laughs> Simpsons, <laughs> Disney. Well, Disney, yeah. Does Disney own Simpsons? Oh, I'm talking about Monopoly, the board game. Oh. <laughs> Rugrats. Dude, they have every Monopoly. Do you know that some... Did you know... This is really this is a really funny fact about how shitty our money is. Um, original Monopoly money from the first version of Monopoly mm-hmm. has outperformed the dollar. Really? Yes. Over Dang. the last hundred years. I gotta years. get my hands on that. <laughs> I like I love I just love that headline. Like <laughs> original monopoly money outperforms US dollar. US dollar over one hundred. About to years. walk into a Henry Hudson's and <laughs> hand over a couple fives and some monopoly money. <laughs> yeah, dude. I have the I have the best monopoly strategy. What is that? Um no, I can't go into detail. <laughs> I actually can't don't remember away. it. Uh, can't give away the strats. It's a it's a statistical strategy. I'm trying to think. It, you take like the most common role. Mm-hmm. You basically take the most common role and no way. Okay, the, statistically, the most landed on tile in Monopoly. Which one do you think it is? End it's, up in jail. It's jail exactly. Yeah. And then you take the most common role from jail, and that is the area that will have the the most traction of players going through. Mm. And that's the area of like the orange. There's like these three orange properties mm-hmm. and it covers like a four, five and six roll from jail. Mm. So if you just, and it's a cheap property. Mm-hmm. So everyone's going after park Avenue. So you're just gentrifying it. <laughs> Basically you're like, <laughs> damn it. Monopoly monopoly. It, it's all monopoly's fault. Yeah. You're like cutting the people, like the people that are coming right out of jail. They got to go right through the rich neighborhoods and get taxed we figured out the fucking secret of why where these gentrifiers came from and it's because we all grew up playing monopoly well it's because it's a game and if it's a game then you want to find the the best Mm. way to to game it i don't know to to get an advantage over the Mm. other players but that's my unbeatable monopoly strategy i don't remember the exact details but i don't think i've actually ever played a full game of monopoly if i'm being honest yeah you know there's better things in life yeah, like Battleship. Battleship? Yeah. Battleship sucks. Okay, dude. I don't know. We might have to push pause and wrestle about this. We could play Battle Get Shots <laughs> with some fireball. <laughs> That'd be kind of sick. Now that sounds like What a about battleship. Human Battleship? Game, I'll play it. Human Battleship? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't what know. Does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now well, that's I've, I've actually played that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's, but it's yeah, more it's of a weird. time time challenge. I don't know. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I I thought it would be interesting <clears throat> to talk about 
homeschooling a little bit because we're mm-hmm. both homeschooled. I think we've mentioned that mm-hmm. on the podcast before. But I want to talk about education a little bit too because mm-hmm. I have some various experiences and thoughts about it. And I don't know. And I'm just like, <clears throat> I'm, I'm curious about this structure of like the education system. And I'm, I've been like learning a lot about myself lately, thinking about high school and being homeschooled and just kind of how like school affected me and like shaped me as a person. And I don't know, we discount it a lot and don't talk about it that much. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like, no, I'm down to talk about it because it's been brought up to me recently. So it's fresh in my mind. What? Of people just being like, almost being like, so you were homeschooled, right? <laughs> like finally, after years of knowing them, like they're yeah. finally just kind of like, oh yeah, and like Josh is like weird because he's like homeschooled. You were like homeschooled, right? Like that type of, <laughs> that type yeah. of like acknowledgement, and it's kind of like I haven't really even thought about it myself either. Kind of what you were saying, like a, in that moment, I've been like, oh yeah, I wonder. Like you don't think about it. No, much. but now I've been thinking about it more because I'm starting to like realize slash wonder, okay, how was my schooling, how is that affecting my life now today at the age that I am? Like, is it affecting it negatively or positively? Is it even affecting it at all? Like, I don't know. That's yeah. kind of what I've been thinking about. <clears throat> Definitely. Also. Same for me. It's, it kind of, I think it all. Is that it, what you just said? Well, not not. Okay, I don't know. I just wanted to make sure I didn't just like completely. Echo <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm. I'm about to echo okay, that right okay, back yeah. anyway. Because well, it's fun. like, yeah, I agree. And but I, I was gonna say, I feel like this. It's not a binary. Like mm. it. It was extra beneficial, or was I think it's just right, like yeah. It has you leaning on the different strengths, which also have their, you know, flip sides, their weaknesses. Yeah. Uh, the double-edged sword, like that's how, mm-hmm. that's how most things. I mean, yeah, are. that's just like, that's what I'm learning is. Yeah, that's. But, in for me, like something that is an upside downside type of thing is that I'm I'm just so, and I think you're like this true. Like I'm so unstructured, mm-hmm. and it <laughs> yeah. doesn't sound like a good thing. Yeah, but it it can be a very good thing. Um, I, th- I think this is like a, cr- a trope with like create creative people too, or whatever you know, quote unquote creative people, mm. which I think I am. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that you're like messy and you know unstructured and mm. have more emotional peaks mm. and stuff like that. And I definitely fit into that stereotype, yeah, a bit. But I think with homes with homeschooling or just my experience just spending a lot of time alone and just kind of doing whatever the fuck I wanted that it gave me a sense of I can do things I'm interested in or I can figure things out I'm interested in kind of just like I don't really need permission Mm -hmm. or I don't need like the teacher to tell me like I can kind of just go and do it and in fact usually what the teachers were saying was stuff that I wasn't good at well there's also I've been noticing more and more an advantage I feel like we have as being like homeschoolers is there's not as big of a social pressure or like a social hierarchy pressure on us with the decision we're trying to make as well. 
I don't know. Does that kind of make sense? To I guess what I'm saying is like there's no feeling of like, well, I'm going to be made fun of if I do this or like whatever. It's yeah. For it's, me, at least that's kind of, I've noticed. I don't really have that sometimes. Yeah. For me, that was only developed, I think over social media mm-hmm. or something like as a teenager. Uh, but yeah, I very much, well, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say, but like, because there wasn't, a consistent because like if you go to school with the same people through elementary school and middle mm-hmm. school and all of that like there could be very consistent social themes that are desirable and that can really mold like how you turn out and then compared to where like if you're homeschooled and you're kind of just like I, I don't know alone wondering like a lot of the day or mm-hmm. maybe with your siblings and then you still have friends you still like socialize with people but it's more of like a disparate sprinkling on your week mm-hmm. and the majority of the time is just alone or being with your family or being with your schoolwork mm-hmm. you know quietly in your room and so it's a different yeah there's there's less of a tense structure around like as far as just other kids and you know kids can be terrible kids are fucking awful i was actually i was scared of kids i was scared of school kids when i was like uh eight nine and ten because well part of the reason because like we would watch these movies like i don't know the never-ending story yeah or whatever at the beginning there's the bullies that like beat them up and throw them yeah. in the dumpster. <laughs> yeah also my my oldest brother got beat up in our neighborhood when I was like seven. By school kids? Yeah, by like these, these freaking school-ass middle school kids. Oh, no. They and were they probably like, listening to 50 Cent. <laughs> I, dude, I don't know. This was a long-ass time ago. Okay, it was literally it was like... before that. Well, no, it wasn't. I say. It was like 2002, so they probably were. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they like punched him in the stomach and threw his friend into a tree. <laughs> Which like when you hear that when you're a kid, you're like, whoa. You're like like I was imagining just these like super uh, yeah. ripped middle school kids yeah. just like fucking my brother and his little nerd friend up. <laughs> Throwing him in a tree. Yeah, and it Dang. and it haunted me and like that I would sucks. be scared. Yeah, yeah. And, That's like, a scary visual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, but like that that fear didn't last long, but that's a funny that's a funny side effect, so mm-hmm. you know. But no, I'm not weird. I'm not. I'm not afraid of people. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah, man. I'm not scared, bro. Yeah, I I remember kind of uh, being that way too. I had a friend that I would wait for to get home from school uh, that lived on my street when I was a kid. I would do my schoolwork all morning, and then I would just literally be that weird kid that was sitting on the cul-de-sac, like, <laughs> like and I lived on like a home. very sketchy old, like, made in the seventies cul-de-sac. So it wasn't like a, like a, uh, this is like in the middle of nowhere. It, There's yeah, a lake rural, rural. in the neighborhood. What it's not a neighborhood, but it's just like an area where there's houses and there's a lake, and there's fucking deer everywhere, and yeah, I'd wait for this beat up, dusty, red dirt covered like school bus to come and drop off my one school friend that I had, yeah, (laughs) and basically annoy him until dinner time, and then just start the whole day over again. That's cool. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I had neighborhood friends that went to regular school mm-hmm. as well. And I, yeah, I definitely, I didn't appreciate 
at the time the asymmetry between our experience because mm. it was it would be like I would do my schoolwork be done at like yeah. 11, 12, yeah. 1 or 2 on a really bad day. I would, yeah. I would be crying that day. Right. I stopped at yeah. 1 or 2. And then I have, Math you got know, me going till 4 and I'm like, fuck. Like I'm getting yeah. like ulcers at like age 12. Yeah. And like <laughs> my friend down the street would legit get home at 4.30 every day. Like the sun is almost going down and mm. he's got an hour of homework to do. Yeah. And he's like stressed out and... Yeah, he got like a swirly at school, and someone stole his Game Boy or whatever the fuck happened yeah. that week. And, it was, and you're just trying to play Batman. And I was on... like, "No, man, let's play." Let's play. Yeah. And he had a PlayStation, so I always wanted to go over and play Spyro. Yeah, bro, dude, but, Spyro's uh, the shit. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 pretty lucky. Just like a from a quality of life standpoint, mm-hmm. like if I have a child, like I don't want to send them into the institution. Like I, I don't know. That just kind of feels. Yeah, very natural to me that that's like something I don't want to do. See, you and not say that, I'm that passing but like, judge, I'm not passing judgment on anyone that does it. Like, there and there are great schools and like people do great in school. Mm-hmm. Like certain types of people, I don't know, but it also to me, I have such a negative view on it. I think mm-hmm. I don't know. What were you about to say? I don't even remember. Yeah, but now I'm just having a bunch of like memories flood back of. I just remember. Everything being a field trip half the time. Did did that ever happen to you? Like, would your uh, mom like <laughs> take you to the zoo, and she would just be like, "Yeah, this is a field trip." <laughs> <laughs> no, well, she would, my mom would call just like regular errands field trips. Mm-hmm. Be like, "This, <laughs> this is a field trip. Yeah. We're going to the bank, <laughs> you know, like whatever." But we'd get a sucker. So <laughs> it's not that bad. My, I I was essentially raised with my two other cousins yeah that lived in piedmont and so we would they like my aunt and my mom would help each other out and they would she like my mom would help teach my cousins stuff and then my aunt would help teach like me and my siblings stuff and it was like a very close dynamic like that but that that, then they would pile us all into a van and take us to the zoo one day and that's kind of i guess when you have it was me my brother my sister and then two cousins so that's five kids that are all at least what like five to ten years within each other no and i think that type of model i think it's coming back around yeah, but the uh, amount of work that that takes. I yeah. get that's what I'm trying to get at. Is that's kind of like oh, why for, for them to organize that's that. That's yeah. why they would just be like, "Yep, we're going to Frontier City, piling the cars, a field trip." Yeah. Like, "Oh, yeah, we're going it's to the zoo today. Day. We're going to the uh, science museum. Oh, you're learning about uh I don't fucking know, basics of gravity. Yep, we're going to the Omniplex." <laughs> like That's cool, man. It wasn't all the time, I mean, but when it was, it was the I guess norm like normal schools do that though. Yeah, right? like you usually go on a few field trips per mm-hmm. semester or whatever. I, I guess I should mention I I I wasn't homeschooled my entire school experience. I, I had a pretty good sampling because I was homeschooled until I was thirteen, and then like due to life circumstances, my mom couldn't do anymore, so mm-hmm. I had to go to public school. Went to public school at John Marshall starting in eighth grade mm-hmm. and then just John had, Marshall. Yeah. From there just had a crazy 
next yeah. three years uh, where I I probably, over the next three years, starting from like 14 on to, let's see, 15, 16, 17. Yeah, I probably went to school for like a school year's worth <laughs> during those three years. Like I skipped school. So I was so good at being truant from school and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and keeping them from communicating with my mom and all of that. Like <laughs> it was amazing, but it was the most profoundly like stressful and anxious experience in my life. Mm-hmm. Part of that reason is like, I went to a rough school yeah. where it was like going from feeling slightly like a, a lot of friction around crowds and yeah. didn't interact with a ton of kids my age to a school where kids literally get stabbed. Right. And, and not that that happened that often, but you <laughs> that know. often. Yeah. I was, I was homeschooled since I was raised until about like, I want to say grade five or six, maybe, maybe like fourth grade. Yeah, fifth or sixth grade, and then I went to a private school, like a super tiny private school, and then I think that was for like two or three years, and then the rest of it was rest of it was homeschooled. So it was like a brief period in like middle school ish. Did it suck? Was it hard, or was it or junior high? Whatever the fuck. Wait, is middle school and junior high the same thing? Um, no, I no. Right. I don't know, man. They put these names on things. <laughs> it wasn't... It, They're all made up. It was pretty much the same. It just felt the same, like the same amount of schoolwork. I liked oh, being homeschooled cool. way more. At the private school, you had to wear, like, uniforms. And every Tuesday was, like, a day that we had to wear a proper uniform. Like, a super nice, like... Had to wear... Dude, I, I wore slacks every day. Sucks. Um, like dress shoes, um, a belt, and oh, like a dude. a blue pel like a blue polo. They make day. you tuck it in. Yeah, oh, and then fuckers. every Tuesday was Chapel Day. They're like stand stand up straight, Josh. Yeah, that type of shit. Took your shirt. The back of your shirt isn't tucked so, in. Yeah, so you had to then wear slacks, dress shoes, uh, a red vest. Oh. Uh, a short or long sleeve uh, button up, white button up, and then like a tie. Nice. That's I bet. Bet that straightened you out, boy. <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure. <laughs> Taught you how to be responsible. Yeah. You know, it got me to where straight. I am today. Thank you, Providence Hall. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate y'all for doing all that hard work. Um, yeah. No, it was weird. It was a weird experience. I liked being homeschooled way more. Yeah. Because being homeschooled, then you could just, like you were saying earlier, you could get done with your schoolwork way earlier than most people. Yeah. Or no, even I mean, or even a couple of days earlier. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of flexibility. And that's more, well, I don't know. It's weird because that's not how the quote-unquote real world is mm-hmm. as far as the nine-to-five career trajectory the Mm -hmm. nine to five career trajectory very much is like school like it is training for that but but then when you compare that to what is actual creation of value Mm -hmm. or real work or deep work or learning or i I don't know creation like building stuff like that that process doesn't happen in nine to five perfectly blocked you know 
weekday increments. Like it's it's a more chaotic process. There's more ebbs and flows. And you see the evidence of this in creative work where people who work for themselves, who do creative output or, you know, writing or, you know, all sorts of stuff on the internet, like mm. they will work for in three to four hour increments every day or whatever. And that will be sufficient output for mm -hmm. them because they've built a certain skill set or something like that. Or, or just even making, making really hard things like writing a book. Mm -hmm. Like people who do that, they'll be like, yeah, sit down and I write three to four hours every single day for mm -hmm. two years. And that's how you do it. And it's like, okay, well, in, in a way that's like ridiculous work, mm -hmm. but that's only ridiculous work if you think that you're also being blocked into the eight hour shift that you're forced into. Yeah. If you imagine life where you you just you only need three to four hours of high output work or effort every day, like I don't know. I think that's more conducive to how humans actually work. But then there's some mindless things that you can do all day, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, like a nine to five job. <laughs> yeah, and exactly, and that's what or it going to like, school from eight to three. <laughs> yeah, four. and you'll like, you'll probably notice. I'm sure there's been studies on this type of shit. Not that I've looked at it, but you know that the the productivity or whatever of a job there's probably three to four hours of productivity that actually happens out of an eight hour shift, and probably at school. I bet there's three to four hours, probably less, of learning that gets done mm -hmm. in that. I don't know, however long school is, seven hours, six hours, yeah, eight hours. And yeah, so it's like, I want to live my life, yeah, with more of like what I was saying, this high output. Increments. Dude, but I also think about like, I think a lot about how people, not to quickly change the subject, but this just jumped into my head. I think a lot about how people like to say that homeschoolers aren't that social. Um, and that like some people want their kids to go to school because they're like, well, it'll help them be prepared for the real world or whatever. And yeah. it, to a certain extent, it kind of does, but it kind of just shows you how shitty and scummy the real world can be. <laughs> like it shows you the potential of like, depending on where you go to school. Yeah. It can it, show it can you be the opposite. It can be very yeah. sheltered yeah. for some, for some schools, like really nice schools. Yeah, but, like, being homeschooled, you almost are given kind of what you were saying earlier. You're almost given the tools to kind of search things for yourself or maybe well, not for yourself but at your own pace. You, it, it, it can I wouldn't teach. say the tools. I would say you're given the time. Yeah. Like, your yeah. parents may set you up terribly. They may educate you fully with it gives Whatever. you the perspective that you're like, okay, if I'm presented the tools at some point, I can learn how to do this or I can learn how to yeah. do that. Like the, the perception of our time, I feel like is if, I mean, if you want to get super technical with it, I feel like it is a little different. Our, our perception of, yeah, what we can make and create with the time that we're given yeah. because it's not as structured. Yeah, because, yeah, and, and that's kind of, yeah, that's just the feeling I have and what I've, no, well, what I've noticed with myself and others is that mm -hmm. creativity, it doesn't fit into those kind of structures and that those structures, like actually feeling the pressure to enforce that on yourself, especially with creative work, mm -hmm. you actually put yourself in a box that people created for industrialization, you yeah. know, and that's, 
That's not what we want. I feel like it's a, kind of a cliche. That like, edu- I don't know, the education is like institutional or like it comes from, sorry, not institutional, industrial. Like mm. it comes from industrialization or it comes from the idea that you're trying to produce factory workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Have you heard that a lot? What, that the robots aren't coming? We're the robots? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah I've no, heard, I mean, yeah. that's... What, there were another brick in the wall? I mean, it's interesting. There's a back and forth there because it's like, yeah, we're that's how we've been treated. But because we've been treated like that now, mm. we do come up against the automation, mm-hmm. the automation revolution. But that's also been the case just the last hundred years. Like stuff has been getting automated constantly. It's just we don't always get told the stories, but, you know, like the Detroit factory workers or whatever like that's a big story Mm -hmm. like them losing their jobs or whatever but really it's been happening Mm -hmm. for a long time automation yeah you just hope to have new jobs that are created new types of jobs and that's the argument Mm -hmm. against that automation is dangerous people are like oh there will be all new types of jobs and they'll replace all the old jobs Mm-hmm. And all the guys that were factory workers, they'll go be social media influencers, clearly, and coders, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Twitch players. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's a little, the argument doesn't quite, I'm yeah. like, uh, maybe there will be stuff, but it doesn't really look like it. Right no, now. man, it's okay. They'll, they'll be streaming uh, fucking, I don't know, Simpsons Dude, road no, rage, they have semi-truck simulators. Whatever. They, they have, no, like, yeah, Steam. they've got farm simulator, too. Yeah, I'm trying to so, see I mean, like a real. Quit your Amazon f- job right now and go pick up Farming Simulator, and you'll make 30k a year. No, no, but here's what I'm saying. I'm trying to see a farmer who gets his job automated away, and he his farm gets automated away, and he loses his job. I mm. want to see him go to Twitch and start playing Farm Simulator mm. and start a stream, and then commentate <laughs> on the farming <laughs> and farm simulator and how like. This, this isn't really how it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll see, be just a lot of that. Actually, what a farmer needs to do is set, spend money on a gaming rig in a gaming room. Okay, stay with me. Okay, he needs to build <laughs> the whole gaming room, pay for even for the crazy ass internet, and become a streamer. Okay, he's a is farmer. This after he loses his job. <laughs> No, he's still a farmer. Oh, okay, okay. So, okay, this farmer is also somehow, he's really good at making, like, uh, robotics and shit. Obviously. Yeah, naturally. <laughs> so, then, so now he's got the stream set up. Okay. He buys Farming Simulator. He's a farmer. He's built automated robots that do oh, all so of his farm work for him. In Farm Simulator. Yeah. Okay. Wait, so he doesn't get Farm Simulator. Sorry, I messed that up. He builds his own. Yeah. So then he uses the automated robots to do everything for him while he's streaming his automated robots doing it. But it looks like Farm Simulator because yeah, it's simulating farming, but he's doing the simulation. Okay, but here, <laughs> what you're describing is exactly what happens, except what you're describing is exactly why the farmer lost his job. It's because some some 28-year-old from San Francisco comes and does that. Yeah, but the farmer, the farmer gets to do it. No. It's DIY. <laughs> well, the farmer gets to do it. It's a nice idea. You sound you just the, like a politician. It's yeah, a nice idea. you take idea, the middle but, guy out. 
<laughs> and if you vote for me in four years, I'll make sure to get it done. Nice. Every farmer. That's basically what they're trying to do. They're trying to make farming sim. Well, they're trying to make farming simulator for everything mm. in real life, really. And when when will they start making war and murder simulator? Well, I mean, they, they have already. Yeah, but they, they have. In a but in a deeper way. Uh. Like it looks Coming like a soon. like it looks like a Wii game cover. Like it's like the family <laughs> version of like Murder uh, Wars. That's just Wii Sports Resort sword fighting, bro. <laughs> Stakes are high. It is Wii Sports because everyone was getting knocked in the dome with them things. They had to <laughs> yeah. get, they had to Strap, provide the the rip off. yeah the the croc for it. <laughs> it's basically a croc. Yeah, the rubber nerfing. Mm-hmm. So you don't fuck up the condom, your cousin. The big old condom thing, basically. Aliens are but, coming down and they're like, I wonder what they've done with this technology that has been hidden from them for billions of years. And then we're like, oh, we we remote condom. What technology we find those hidden? No, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I was know. just saying some theory. Well, we found, who, who knows? We find we find nature and we call it nature. But maybe, maybe nature is just... Nurture. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or alien technology, which I'm sure, nurture. You think but, birds are alien technology? Dude, we already talked about this, I think. Oh, I can't <laughs> remember. <laughs> have you oh wait, have we have you heard the theory of like murder hornets or or not theory, like the memes about murder hornets? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the theory of murder <laughs> hornets. <laughs> the theory of murder hornets by Sir <laughs> Sir Isaac Newton. Wait, so what about it? I mean, yeah, they exist. They're just big ass hornets, right? Oh. Are you uh, are you starting to tell me that they're aliens? <laughs> no, they're not. They're it would have been aliens. way cool. We, you should have kept saying that they're aliens. I would have been more interested. I mean, it's an idea. They come know. from the planet. <laughs> no, we can we can riff on that. They come time. from the planet. <laughs> but back to uh, back to edge. There was something else I wanted to say about education. We were talking about how it's industrial industrialization okay yeah there's industrialization but also that very industrialization is what we're trying to automate Mm -hmm. and like i just think there's there's something there where we're like kind of in that period of time where we really need to be switching our paradigm of how we educate ourselves and kind of treat ourselves because the monotonous work is getting automated away and the creative work that we can actually do and computers can't do yet is is what's becoming more valuable it's what needs to be done yeah well yeah Mm -hmm. no exactly it's what needs like we have there's all the leverage all the energy that you can get Mm -hmm. force multipliers you can get if you have a good idea but yeah you have to have the good idea well and be able to execute but uh you know like i don't know i just i i think i think about that like how how should people be getting educated these days and how are the models going to change and mm-hmm. well i mean one way that i don't think i've talked about this on the podcast like lambda school mm-hmm. um like lambda school the school that i go to i basically finished i'm an alumni but i'm not hired yet so <laughs> that's when you really finish but it's a it's like a different model of a school where for one it's fully remote which used to be more unique before COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and the the big selling point is that it's has what's called an ISA, which is an income share agreement, which basically just means that you don't owe the school any money mm-hmm. until you get hired making a certain amount of money. 
And for Lambda School, it's $50,000. So until I get hired making 50K, I don't have to pay them any money. And then the debt, if I don't get hired in the next five years, that debt will expire. Hmm. So it's like a really, like it sounds too good to be true, the deal. Because it's basically like, I'll either be making more money than I ever made or I'll have debt that I won't have to pay. That's pretty sick. So yeah, it's a good deal and fully remote school, but it's a very early experience. They only teach web development and data Mm -hmm. science. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's a very specific type of of thing, but just how they're able to, like it's two-year program part-time, one-year program full-time. So like very quickly, they're able to transition you into like a really dense skill set and help you market yourself professionally to Mm -hmm. potentially get hired. And the kicker is they don't get paid unless you get hired, obviously, because you don't pay off. So they're working their ass off to get you hired. (laughs) Yeah. It's a different incentive model where, yeah, they, Mm -hmm. they have to actually be good at teaching. Mm Mm-hmm. And not just not even just good at teaching. They have to be good at teaching in such a way to where you can actually get hired mm-hmm. in order for them to make it as a business. And I think not that every type of schooling could be online, remote, quite like Lambda School is today, but I, I think there's really something to that just like underlying incentive model and just different options for education that kind of skip the the four-year institution and the $100,000 of debt. Um, Because, I mean, I had a a pretty good experience with Lambda. Like, I just finished two months ago, and, you know, Mm. like, I was was doing computer science. I was going to do four years, a bachelor's in computer science before, and, oh, my God, the amount of bullshit, waste-of-time classes I would have gone through, especially in hindsight, actually having the skills now. I can just look at the classes and just be like, wow, most of this is a waste of time and you don't need to know it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I, I just, I think there's a lot of opportunities for like those inefficiencies in college and in education to be taken advantage of. And hopefully in a way where the educators are held accountable mm-hmm. somewhat for yeah. the money that they're charging these students. It's crazy. Well, it's probably easy to adjust to the Lambda, like, dynamic, I'm sure, after being raised, like, being homeschooled, right? Was it was yeah. it pretty easy? No. Like, and kind of, like, it was kind of just kind of like doing your work that you used to do when you were a kid, it felt like, almost. Like, obviously, different type of work, but, like, the same yeah. dynamic. Well, there's definitely a decent amount of structure to it, and... Some stuff I didn't like, but it was a godsend because, you know, I started, what, almost four years ago now, just trying to learn how to code on my own. I tried to do that for a little while, and then, you know, I I took online courses, and and then finally I got my my GED so that I could go to community college Mm -hmm. to try and get a computer science degree, because that's what I thought you had to do. And the whole time, I was trying to change myself. I was trying to change, like, all these homeschool tendencies, mm-hmm. kind of how I naturally am. I was trying to be like, okay, I'm going to go through the institution. Yeah. I'm going to go through the grinder and just, like, grind it out and do it for four years. And on the other side, I'll have the skills to where I can, mm-hmm. I don't know, fuck off forever or just, like, I don't know, be more independent. Yeah. 
that was the that was the bright idea but about two semesters in you know i realized that like this is hell <laughs> this this is su- this sucks most of it is a waste of time um uh, so many things i could go on about but lambda very much was like a godsend because it's like wow this is such a loose structure and it's interesting and most of what you're doing is just like actually building stuff Mm -hmm. uh and they have live help and stuff like that you know there's there's tons of improvements to be made but for people who have crazy schedules or have kids or who are older who are working jobs like whatever like these types of flexible education programs are really valuable they Mm -hmm. can turn like i saw so many people who had their lives totally turned around people in their mid 40s mid 50s who are learning how to code for the first time Mm -hmm. and getting jobs people who have net like their parents have never made more than like you know whatever thirty five thousand dollars a year and then they over the course of a year and a half get hired for like sixty thousand dollars a year Mm -hmm. or something and you know there's amazing stories and there's you see when you give people opportunity, when you actually give them a fair opportunity, not college, not the right. institution, right. they will leapfrog. Like, they will leapfrog just, like, generations of, I, I don't know, being poor, basically. Yeah, or, or any inhibitions that generationally plague you. <laughs> yeah. And, like, that's just really... Uh, you know, that's something that's amazing to see and it lights me up. But I, I want that opportunity. Like, I want everyone to have the opportunity to, like, I don't know, just to be given an opportunity to learn skills that are valuable to them or better themselves or just make more money. Like, shit, because it's, mm. like, it's fucking hard. We're <laughs> brought into the system. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think just the general theme is that yeah, the, the traditional education, it doesn't seem like it's serving people or conducive to how things work moving forward. Mm-hmm. But shit, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to have kids anytime soon, so I'm glad yeah. I don't have to I don't have to be wor- yeah, this worry decision. about any of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess, in, like, ending thoughts, because, I mean, we could probably wrap this episode up here it, pretty quick, I guess. Would we want to end talking about real briefly, like, I guess we've come to the conclusion that we're both pretty thankful to have the experience of being homeschooled? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I think I'd agree with that. I mean, I can hardly say I was homeschooled, though, because I didn't graduate homeschooled. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah, you still like, were. I mean, too, like, you know. Yeah, till, as as a young kid, I was, but... Mm-hmm. It's crazy how little school I've done when I really think about it. Like <laughs> two years of high school and like mm-hmm. homeschooling was hard. Like I hardly remember doing homework. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know where I've learned things. Yeah, I never really had homework unless I was going to private school. Yeah, like because all the work you're already doing is at home. Yeah. And like, but see, kids are smart. Like kids will pick shit up and especially if they have tools mm-hmm. to air like books movies the internet to, like interact with like they'll they'll find what they're into and like pick it up and so i don't know that's that's my bet over i don't know the the more structured school schedule but yeah yeah it's it's valuable like s- stuff like homeschooling or local schooling or s- what do they call it like co cooperative schooling or whatever co-ops yeah, yeah. co-ops like i went to co-op 
That that was kind of like a school every every like it was Once like school week. one day a week. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's there's a lot of room for these models to be further developed because it's like we don't want the government. I don't know educating yeah. everyone. Like it's good that we offer education, but uh, I don't know. It's that's such a that's such a loaded topic. It it really is. But the Episode God, I'm just 69. glad I don't have to go back. Yeah, for real. <laughs>